This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. First of all, thank you very much for the opportunity again. Uh, people sometimes ask me, why do you keep making announcements and keep promoting? We can't help it. We're obsessed, we're possessed with spreading Torah. So anywhere we go, we've got to let people know because Hashem's Torah is, is priceless. We have to let people know about it. So many of you are getting the daily dose every day. Can I just see a raise of hands? How many? Okay, so you guys know how amazing it is. We take the very best speakers of the world. We take their best shirim. We take two, three minutes. We add very emotional music to it. And in the end, you get this one-line takeaway that stays with you forever. But still, many people are not getting it. There's two ways to get it, and everyone watching on Torah anytime. Let's do this together right now. Take out your phones if you have a phone. Take out phones. We told to put it away. Yes, and we're making an exception here. Uh, save this number on your phone. It's 929-355-4268. And message the words, add me on your WhatsApp. And if you don't have WhatsApp, please give me a bracha. Don't get WhatsApp for this. We have an email as well. All you have to do is email add me to daily dose um, email at TorahAnytime.com. Just uh, email the words add me to daily dose email at TorahAnytime.com. Everyone at home watching, please do it. Everyone over here afterwards, if you need help to do it, I'll be outside probably screaming from the top of my lungs to help you guys out. So thank you again for the opportunity. Thank you very much, Alistair. Thank you for that eulogy. I'm a Kayan. I say you have to leave when you speak like that. Anyway, thank you everyone for coming out. I know it's a, you know it's not the nine days and it's and it's not raining outside, and you're still here, so I, I do very much appreciate that. Um, we're going to start off. It's going to be like two segments. One is a little bit on the parsha. Most of it's going to be on Elul. Metz Hashem, we're benching Rishchidosh Elul this Shabbos. Rishchidosh is actually, I believe, yeah, it's Sunday. Sunday and Monday. So we're back in Elul. But I want to start with this week's parasha. And a note that a girl wrote. In fact, um, Alan Redder was very, very close to me. He actually used to go with me to my shiurim all over the mountains. So it's definitely Lila Nishmas. Alan and all the other people that are sponsoring, but it's also Le'ili Nishmas, a very special girl that just passed away not that long ago that was on my ranch that um, had a COVID side effect and her body stopped producing bone marrow and um, she passed away about two months ago. And um, I have this chus of having her diary. Um, Well, not her diary, but actually some of her writings. And I think it's very important. Her name was Sarah Chana Bas Avraham Baruch. And Hashem should have an aliyah. I'm sure she's in the highest places in Shemayim. So the first Pasik in this coming Pasha, Re'eh, says the following. Re'eh, you can see, Anoichi noisim lefnechem hayoyim brachul I am giving to you today a blessing and a curse. Okay? That's, what, that's, how the, that's how the Pasha begins. As ha-bracha, what's the bracha? Asher tishmo mitzvot Hashem alikeichem, if you're going to listen to the mitzvot of Hashem, asher neich mitzvotchem ayayim, that I'm commanding you today, and it does not say what the bracha is. That's it. It doesn't say what the bracha is. Ha-klala, the curse, im loisishmo mitzvot Hashem alikeichem, if you're not going to listen to the mitzvot of Hashem, that's where off the derech, that whole word comes from. And you go off the derech, that I commanded you today, you're going to go after other gods, you don't even know them. What's the curse? doesn't say. So it says the bracha, doesn't say what the bracha is. It says the curse, doesn't say what the curse is. But what's going on over here? So there's a very deep, very beautiful shot on this. First of all, the way we read it is, look, today I'm giving you a bracha But some rabbis say that you shouldn't say it that way. See me. Not but see Hashem in all His Bria and all His creation. I'm in front of all of you. I'm there all the time. People are always searching for God. He's really there all the time. You don't have to search for him. Bracha uklala 
Every day, it's your choice if it's going to be a bracha or a klala. When you get up in the morning, it's your choice what you're going to do. Rabbi Shimshin Pinkus talk about this a lot. Um, so he said that everyone believes they have bechira. There's a whole thing in the Rambam. You have bechira, but Hashem knows what you're going to do. So if He knows what you're going to do, then you don't have a choice. But it's not true because Hashem lives in a place of no time. So He only knows what you're going to do because you did it. It's a little bit hard. It's a whole Rambam on this. In other words, if Hashem knows you're going to come to the shear today, then you have a choice to come to the shear. If He knows you're coming to the shear, you have to come to the shear. No. He only knows that you came to the shear because you came to the shear. Because you made that choice. Because He lives in a place of past, present, and past, the present, the future. is all one moment. So the Rambam explains that really everybody has a choice. And... You have that choice whether what to do in life is your choice. Hashem knows what choice you chose because you chose it and He lives in a place of no time. It's a little, uh, little hard to understand because we live in a place of time. But in, if you leave the earth, there's no time because the earth's time goes by the earth going around the sun. But if, if you're up in Shemayim, there's no earth, there's no sun, then there's no time. So in Hashem's world, there's no time. So... Everybody has a choice. Don't think for one second. What do you mean? Hashem knew I was going to do this anyway, so it's not my fault. Then there would be no schar and no punishment and no reward. If, if, if Hashem's causing you to do something, then it's not your problem. It's not your fault. So, look and see God, and you should know that every single day, it's your choice if that day is going to be a blessing or a curse. What does that mean? It's my choice. It's not my choice. I had a bad day today. Something happened. Someone's sick. Whatever. I didn't choose that. So Rav Shimshin Pinkus says something amazing. He says, really, a person doesn't have a choice in life. The big stuff. The big stuff. Born a girl or a boy. Right? Not a person's choice. Who your parents are. It's a big one. Right? Not a person's choice. Who your siblings are. Not a person's choice. Unless you're a ger, born a Jew or not a Jew... Not a person's choice. Where you're brought up as a child, where you live, not your choice. What school you go to is not your choice. Who you marry, you think it's your choice. But 40 days before the Gemara says, you come to the world, they announce this woman to this man. So it's a very beautiful Dvartaira on this. So, so, so then, why do you have to fall in love? Why do you have to have feelings? Why do you have to have emotions? If they announce in Shemayim that you're going to marry this person... What's the whole dating? What's the whole, what's the whole maisa? What's the whole, what's, why do you have to work on a marriage? Hashem announced it already. So he says, even if Hashem announced who you're going to marry, if the two people in the marriage don't do the work, it won't work. It's unbelievable chiddush. Even though Hashem said, this went to that one, if you're not going to put in any work, it's not going to work. So, so who are you going to marry? Girl or not girl? Jew or not Jew? Who your parents are? Um, parents got divorced, a parent died, all this stuff, born with a low IQ, high IQ, everything you want to go through, tall, short, whatever you want to, whatever you want to talk about, your DNA, all that stuff, is not your choice. You're born with it. So, Rav Shem Shem Pink is asked, what's your choice in life? Vanilla or chocolate? That's why you're here? Like, you like blue, you like red? Like, what's a person's choice? He says something amazing. He said, the only choice a person has in life is what do you do with the things you have no choice. That you are a woman, that you are a Jew, that those are your parents, that you're, that you're whatever, broken home, whole home, dysfunctional, yes, functional. What are you going to do with all the things you have no choice? Step in, step up, or step out? The people in the Holocaust had no choice. Six million Jews died, they had no choice. Nobody asked for the Holocaust. The question is, are you a survivor? Or are you a victim? That's your choice. A lot of people don't like when I talk about this because they go through hard times and it's like, it's not my choice. But the bottom line is, in the end of the day, in the end of the day, stepping up or stepping out is a person's choice. And there were many, many survivors and there were many, many victims and I'm not judging the victims because of what they went through and I would never judge anyone who goes through any trauma or whatever the situation is. That's Hashem's din v'cheshben. Din means... What you did, but cheshben is, Hashem makes a cheshben. How this person was born, whatever, Hashem makes a cheshben. So there's no judgment on this, but the bottom line is, every person has a choice to either step up 
or step out. And that's your choice. And so it's a very hard choice. I would like to read you from Sarah's book, which I got permission from her mother. Um, she was a, an unbelievable writer, but she wrote a lot to herself. She didn't write for other people. But I want you to listen to what she wrote when she first got to the ranch. This is a very interesting in-look and outlook on depression. This is what she wrote. She's writing about depression. And she writes, the, 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 this is what she writes. Dear Sarah, I am depression. So she's, she's now describing what depression does to a person. I can't talk. Depression doesn't talk. You can't see me. I don't have any thoughts. I just start growing inside of you. The more I grow, the more you die. Basically, I'm like a really needy friend, except I'm not your friend. I don't care about you. She's talking again about depression. Or who you are, all I do is wait for the right conditions to try and exist. At some point, someone might have hurt you, or you were bullied. Maybe maybe even you just got unlucky, and that was all I needed. You're just a Petri dish to me. This is what she wrote when she first came to the ranch. Now, a few months later, I'd like to to read to you a person who went through a very hard life, made a choice. I can't really write, but I want the world to know. Everybody can be somebody. You can rise above anything. To be whoever you want to be, the world is vast and possibilities are endless. It's the same girl. You can be whoever you want to be. Don't let anyone stop you. If anyone tells you you can't, stand up. Show them who you are. Go on and be awesome because you got one life. There's only one you. And you're the only one that can be this amazing. Be amazing, Sarah. So, you have Bechira. You have Bechira. She came in very depressed, but she made a choice. She's now in Shemayim. I wish Hashem would have given her a longer life, but she definitely was focused. That's what the Pasuk is saying. See me, says Hashem. Because I gave you every day a bracha and a klala. It's your choice. I'm not judging anyone. I know people are going to listen to the share and say, but I'm depressed and you can't judge me. I'm not judging anyone who is depressed and there's many reasons in this world. But don't give up. Don't give up. Fight it. Do what you can. Whether it's medicine or therapy or whatever you need to do. Because Baruch Hu is telling us that the yoyim, the day, every single day that I give you, could be a bracha or a klala. And the Pasuk doesn't say what the bracha and klala is. Because every day could be a different bracha and klala, depending where you go. But the Torah does say, as ha-bracha, what is the bracha of a day? That is the bracha. Not if you keep the mitzvahs, I'll give you a reward. The reward is the keeping the mitzvahs. The people who don't have Torah are very empty. Atheists, I deal with atheists. Well, they think they're atheists anyway. Kids who, don't, who think they're atheists and don't believe in anything, they're not happy. Nobody ever came into my office and said, Hey, what's up, Rabbi Wallerstein? I'm an atheist. What's going on? They're miserable. Miserable. Look, how do you know? Who created Hashem? Why do people die? They're angry, miserable people. I've never met a happy atheist in my life. Prove me God. Prove me this. Prove me that. Right? I'm like, they're miserable. Why? Why? Because if you don't believe in Hashem, it means that you believe in the theory of randomness. Right? All the atheists believe in this great theory that stuff, like Nike, right? Just do it. Stuff just happens. So that means, if you're poor, there's no cheshbin while you're poor. There's no cheshbin while you're sick. There's no cheshbin. Anything in your life, there's no cheshbin in anything. Just, you're unlucky. Too bad. Not only that, 
You live your life, and it may be a miserable life, and then you die, and there is no other world. So it's like, it's a very depressing way to live. That nothing has any meaning. There's no hashkacha pratis. So of course you're miserable. Why he married? She's married. I'm not married. There's no cheshbin. Just, you're not lucky. So the Torah is telling us that if you keep the mitzvahs and you do what you're supposed to do, that is the bracha. Not, we're all waiting to hear, and if you keep the mitzvahs, and you love Hashem, and you do what you're supposed to, no, no, no. What, what am I getting? What's my prize? The Torah is like, that is your prize. Keeping mitzvahs and being close to Hashem, that is your prize. You know what the biggest curse is? The biggest curse is not keeping the Torah, and not believing in Hashem, and just living your life without any meaning whatsoever. That's, and Re'eh always comes out by Elo. This Pasha always comes out by Elo. Well, let's talk a little bit about Elo. So, the Shulchan Aruch, Shulchan Aruch, so Elo, I got a lot of Svarim, we're not going to get to all of them, but it just looks good. <laughs> so Elo is like this, also very hard to understand. The word Elo stands for a few things, okay? One, Ani l'daydi v'daydi li. I'm to my loved one, and my loved one is to me. Okay, that's talking about us and Hashem. We'll talk about that in a minute. Ish l'reyehu, this comes out of left field totally. Ish l'reyehu, umatanos lev yainim. That's Purim, right? Each person to his friend gives shlach manas, and matanos... And presents to people who are poor. And also stands for Umal Hashem Alekecha, Hashem will circumcise Eslovavcha, Veslovav Zarecha, your heart and the heart of your children. So if you take the word Eslovavcha, Veslovav, it's Aleph, Lamed, Vav, Lamed. So there are three things going on here, right? One is Tshuva. Right? That's the Slavavcha Zazarecha. And Nila Dei Dei is between us and Hashem. And Ishriyayim, my Tanslavyayim, is between us and other people. So the question is like this Elul is very scary. I have to tell you a story. It happened to me. So I used to, Rev David Feinstein was my, was my Paisik. And the only way to get to Rev David Feinstein was after Mincha. He'd finish Mincha, and then you could go, you could go speak to him. At that time, there was a huge tzaddik. I think he was close to 100 years old. He was the mashkiach in Tveres Yerushalayim. Um, his name was Rabbi Berenbaum, not Rabbi Shmuel, but he, and very, very old, old man. And he was the mashkiach. Mashkiach gives Musr. I happened to have come on the first day of Elul to talk to Rav David. So I, waited, I wanted to dab Mincha there. So he, gave the, he gives 15 minutes Musr before Mincha. I figured, I never heard this man speak. He's from the Altamir, he's from the, he was like a 95 when I was there, whatever, 100, I don't know what he was. So, before Mincha, they came in, they all came to the base Medrash, all the guys, and this old Rav is sitting, sitting at the table, right? And all the guys are leaning, there weren't a lot of guys in, in, in this yeshiva, but whatever, whoever was there, everybody was leaning, so I was leaning in. I want to hear his Elohim. And his eyes are closed. And everyone's waiting. And all of a sudden he picks up his face and he says, Elul! My mama almost flew out the window. It was the scariest thing I ever heard in my life. And I was like, oh boy, here we go. And he put his head down, that was it. One word. I was shaking, shaking. Elul! Elul's the scariest month. Elul is... Preparation for Hashanah Yom Kippur. He didn't say another word. So what's this? Ani l'daydi v'daydi li. I'm to my loved one. My loved one is to me. What is the romantic month like? What's going on? It should be Ani l'tshuva u'tshuva li. I'm going to do tshuva, and tshuva is going to be there for me. What's the l'daydi? What? I, I, I love you. You love me. What, what's going on over here? So it's not my share today, and. We have to take the first step. It's not Hashem is to us and we are to Hashem. It's we are to Hashem and Hashem is to us. 
because we want to develop a relationship in Elul with God so that when we come with Shoshana Yom Kippur, we're not some stranger that showed up all of a sudden, I need this, I need that, please forgive me, please forget. We already developed a relationship. There's a very scary Zaya, and the Zaya says, when a person dies and they go up to the next world to be judged, there's three courts. The court of God, the court of, the, of Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov and the rabbis, and the court of the angels. If you go to the court of God, you're always innocent. If you go to the court of the rabbis, chatzi chatzi. Some come out innocent, some come out guilty. If you go to the court of the angels, everybody's guilty. So how do you get, how do you get into the court of God? So he says, if you have a relationship with Hashem, like He's your Father, your whole life, then when you come up to Shemayim, Hashem says, oh, that one, that's, that's my son or my daughter, come to my court. A father and a son will always find a, re- a father will always find a reason for his children not to be guilty. So when you go into Hashem's court, you're 100% going to come out of there not guilty. Your objective in Elul is to have a relationship with Hashem that when your court case comes up to Shemayim, the one that's going to be judged, you're going to be judged by Hashem because you have that relationship of a child to a parent and Hashem will be, I'll take this one. This one's mine. You don't have to worry about it. If a person doesn't have that relationship with Hashem, but he had a relationship with rabbis, so the rabbis judge. So it depends depends what they find in the court case. Some, some people get out, yes. Some people don't get out. If you make fun of rabbis, like your husband comes home and says, oh, the rub just made a speech about, uh, I don't know, sheikh, this, that, whatever he made a speech about. And you're like, ah, stupid rabbis. They're prehistoric. They live in a bunch of caves. This guy got up and said, get rid of your smartphone. Who is he? What is he? Crazy Wallstein. He lives in a prehistoric. They call me prehistoric, right? Because prehistoric, they didn't have any antennas. There was no WhatsApp. So, uh, right? Prehistoric, make fun of the rabbis. So then it comes to the rabbis to be judged. The rabbis are like, you, you made fun of us. You, you didn't believe in us. Next one. The angels do not understand how a human being can sin against God. They don't understand after everything Hashem gives us. So the minute you walk in, you're guilty. You don't have a shot. You don't have a chance. So you don't want to be judged by the angels, and you don't even want to be judged by the rabbis. You want to be judged by Kodesh Baruch Hu. So the objective is, Where does Ish, the Re'eo, Matanas, Le'vianim come in? They say, very beautiful. The, the greatest thing you could do for a parent is not to help them. It's to help their children. So if you want Hashem to love you, more important than your relationship with Hashem is your relationship with another Jew. Purim is bigger than Yom Kippur. Because Yom Kippur is Yom Kippurim. It's like, it's like saying RC Cola is like Coca-Cola. Yom Kippur is like Purim. Why is Purim more holy than Yom Kippur? Because on Purim, the three mitzvahs that you make a Shechianu, there's four mitzvahs. There's reading the Megillah, at night we make a Shechianu. But the next three mitzvahs of the day is between a human being and a human being. The Su'uda you bring for your family, giving money to the poor people, and sending Shlachmanus to another Jew. So out of the four mitzvahs on Purim, three are Benel Machaberoi. So the most important thing that we can do is So I want to read you a couple of amazing stories of Ben and I want to talk to you about another subject because Kivit of the Aim Kivit, I'm not selling my book I don't even have one here I'm not pushing my book Kivit of the Aim is the one mitzvah that's been Adam Lechavero and been Adam Lamakum at the same time. How do you know that? So there's ten commandments. The first five are between us and Hashem. Hashem, you shouldn't serve Avaydazara, you shouldn't um, you shouldn't swear with Hashem's name, you should keep Shabbos. And then comes Kivit of Aim is the fifth. But Kivit of Aim is not between us and Hashem, it's between us and our parents. What's it doing on that side of the of the Ten Commandments. The other five, on the other side, you shouldn't be jealous, you shouldn't kill, you shouldn't steal. What's Kivit of Aim? Now, also, Kivit of Aim is on the bottom. If you take the Luchos, right, so you have four, 
Kivit of Aim is on the bottom, which means that Kivit of Aim is the foundation of those four. On the other side, is, do not be jealous, because if you're not jealous, you won't kill, you won't steal, you won't uh, commit adultery, all those other things. These are the two foundations. Jealousy on one side, Ben al a person who's not jealous, his Ben al will be very good. Ben al-Makam, Kivit of Aim, Kivit of Aim has nothing to do between us and Hashem. Why is it the foundation of those four? And why is it on the right side? If you see by the Sefer Torah, it's on the right side. And the answer is that if you can't have a karsato for your parents who, dysfunctional as some people's parents are, as bad as life is, the bottom line is your mother carried you for nine months. And then she burped you in the middle of the night. And then she diapered you. And then she took you to the doctor every single time you were sick. And then she made your food for school. And then she took you to school. Whatever else you want to say, my mother this, my mother that, whatever it is. Where's our Karasatayv? She carried you. She, she took care of you. And your father supported you. If a person can't have a Karasatayv for a human being, how can he serve God who he doesn't see? He doesn't see. He, he believes, but he doesn't see. So the mitzvah of kibbutz of the aim in Elul covers two. Covers benadam l'chaveiro and benadam l'amakom. I just started teaching. We have, a, we have a night seminary now. I just started teaching kibbutz of the aim in my night seminary. It is so scary. That mitzvah is so scary. And in Elul, I, I don't like just to entertain people. In Elul, what I want to leave you all with is that maybe the mitzvah for the next 30 days that you should take on to a different level is honoring your parents and fearing your parents. That doesn't mean to be scared of your parents. There are different mitzvahs. And I don't have time to go through all the mitzvahs. But I want to read you. I myself, I myself did, did it, didn't know this. I want to read you to what extent, to what extent Kibbutz of Aim goes to. He says the following. First of all, I don't know why Ashkenazim don't do this. I know Sephardim do this. I don't know why we lost this and why we don't do this. But it's Halach and Shulchan Aruch. And this is what it says. Shitkasav toiv l'nashek yidei imoy belil Shabbos. You should kiss your mother. This goes for girls and boys. No difference. You should kiss your mother's hand the night of Shabbos. The Yenashak Adam Yad Imay below Shabbos. And this is also something very interesting because we don't bench women. Again, I'm not talking for everyone, but the way I was brought up, women don't bench their, their children. The, the husband benches the children. But what he says over here in the Arachayim is the You're supposed to kiss your mother's hand when she's benching you. And the Zaya says, that we should teach our children when they're young, to kiss the hand of his father, his mother, and his Rebbe. That a child, before it kisses its mother's hand, should say with shame yichud, Hareini balikayim mitzvah kibbutz aim. I am now going to do the mitzvah kibbutz aim. Li'nashek yidei imi to kiss my mother's hand. Alushem yichud, before a person kisses his mother's hand. Okay. Onward, and I really believe if we did this. There will be a lot of difference in our relationships with our children if this is what our children did. I don't know why Ashkenazim... I don't know. What happens after a person loses their parent? Do they still chayv and kivit of aim? Tanar Abanan. A person has to be mechabed his parents when they're alive and when they're not alive. And it's brought down there, Gemara, when a person is mechaved, a parent that passed away, they should always say, and when they're repeating something their parents said, they say, or not just say their mother's name. 
And this is what he says the following. That the kibbutz of aim a person does after his parents pass away, Gadol Yaiser is much bigger much bigger than kibbutz of aim that while they're alive. And this is against a lot of foolish people who are telling our children to do foolish things. When a child goes the right way, of course, in this world, he's being mechabed his parents. Don't you think that your parents don't know what's going on with you in this world? But that a person who goes in the right derech should know that they are honoring their parents in this world, but also in the next world. They have nachas there. They have nachas in the next world from their children, what they're doing in this world. When someone's parent died, if he thinks he's putter from that even after a person died, he's even more if a person is going in the right way and he straightens himself out and he does tshuva it's, it's being both his parents and Hashem has pity on his parents no matter where they are in the next world and brings these parents to the Kisei HaKavoyed. We don't understand this mitzvah, how huge it is, responsibility for a child, even after their parents are not here. Of course, when their parents are here and they're causing them agita by not doing what they're supposed to, it's even, even worse. And he brings down a story. And he says the following story. It's a Nifla story. And he says that um, there was a father and he told his son, he was dying, and he told his son that just like you took care of me when I was alive, I'm asking you a favor that after I die, that you, should, you, you need to have more patience. You're not such a patient kid. You need to have some more patience that no matter what happens, you should wait a night. You should, not, you should wait a night before you decide what to do. In other words, if you're angry... Don't, don't react. Just wait a night. Okay? His father passes away. This boy's father passes away. And he ends up going on a boat to do business. And he gets shipwrecked and pirates and gansamices. And he's gone for 20 years. 20 years. Till he finally got... He, this, kid, this guy was, was... Till he finally got home. Okay? He was married... And then he left to go work, and he never came back. He came back 20 years later, and he finally comes home. And he hears, he's coming up the steps, and he hears his wife's in the bedroom. And he hears a boy's voice, a man's voice, in the bedroom. He takes out his sword. And he's going to kill both of them. But his father gave him a mitzvah that he has to wait till the next morning. He can't react. And he remembered, I can't do anything. I, I can't react. So he puts the sword back. Anyway, he, he, now he's listening by the door. My wife's committing adultery. What's going on over here? He's listening by the door. And he hears his wife telling the man, So many years have gone by, 20 years, that I didn't see your father. If he only knew that he had a son, he would have been back here to help you get married. When he heard this, right, that this was his son, he wanted to kill his son and his wife. He didn't know that he had a son, right? He realized that the kibbutz of the aim that he had for his father, who asked him this one thing, ended up, ended up saving his son and his wife. Now, in the book I wrote this, this is mind-boggling. The halacha is, shiger, a ger, 
In other words, his parents are not Jewish. Chayev linoig bo'aviv ha'goy mixtas kavod. Has to do kivod of the aim. And therefore, if his parents who are gayrim, I don't have to read it from inside. If his parents who are gayrim, his mother and father are goyim. He was a guy, he became a Jew. He's chayev to say Kaddish. What? Chayev to say Kaddish on, on Goyim? His parents are not Jewish? You can say Kaddish and Shul? Mikol Malkom. Kibun Jehu Haylidu. Since these two people gave birth to him, they viel l'chayel hamazeh and brought him into this world, the Goyram, because of them, if he wouldn't have been born in this world, he couldn't have become a Ger. He didn't make him a Ger, he couldn't keep mitzvahs. So all the mitzvahs he's keeping is only because these two Goyim brought him into the world. Therefore, Chayev Bekadish, Le'ilei Nishmas Hanifta. Surely, if your parents are Jewish, what you owe them. Because the whole kivod of the aim is based in HaKoros HaToyev. And a person who is a Kofi HaToyev cannot serve Hashem. So, your parents are Goyim. But they brought you into the world. They didn't bring you into the world. You couldn't become a gay. You didn't become a gay. You can't keep the mitzvahs in the Torah. And therefore, Allah is, and he says, let's say the man is very embarrassed, and he doesn't want to say Kaddish. Everyone knows, what do you mean saying Kaddish? Your parents, parents are Goyim. They're Chinese. Like, saying Kaddish? He says, if he's embarrassed to say Kaddish, he has to learn Mishnah the whole year. The Ili Nishma is Goyim. Allah has Kama Vakama, the Kibbut of In that we have to have for our parents. He says, there's something very scary in this safe. I, I, I never said this before, but I, I happen to have seen it again this morning. He says, why did, why did people a long time ago used to live longer? They used to live 100 years. Before, I'm saying that, by my Shevra, there were 100, 800, whatever, whatever. He said that people used to keep, used to keep Kibbut of Im on a much different level than, than, it, than it is today. The, the truth is, the truth is that even in the, in the, before the war, the level of respect that kids had for parents, was, even if they weren't from, was just on a whole different, you, you, didn't, you didn't answer your parents. Whether it was fear or love, you didn't answer your parents. You, I had a girl in my office, true story, not that long ago. She's 18 years old. They come to my office, and the mother, she's mamish cursing her mother in front of me, using every filthy word you ever heard. Why'd you bring me here? You blank, you blank. I was like, ah, this poor mother, never. But that's why she brought it to my office. So she looks at her daughter, right, when she's finished cursing her. It's a true story. She says, I don't understand you. I, even if you don't like me, and you don't like your father... For your 18th birthday, we just bought this. We just bought you a brand new two-door Volvo, Volvo, not not Stama Kia, a Volvo, right? So just as appreciation, to brand new car. She got it the week before she got to me, right? How could you talk to me like this? I just bought you a brand new car. She looks at her mother like nothing. She says, "What do you mean? I'm 18. It's your job." Like that. So I looked at the girl. I said. Your mother works for you? What do you mean it's her job? What do you mean? All my friends are 18, whatever the community. They're 18, they got a car. It's like, it's like no matter what you do. The expectation, when I was in camp, when my, my parents came, they gave me that, that little paddle with the ball at the end of that rubber band. Oh my God, a high life for four, 25 cents. Right? And everybody was, I never, I never knew how to use it. Only girls know how to use that. Right? And it was like, Okay, you got a highlight. Today it's like, here's a shopping list. You know, you, uh, Baruch Hashem that we could do it. Baruch Hashem, you know, you go down, visiting day, you go down to the, to the grocery, see what's going on. Baskets of food. Like, these kids are not going to eat for 100 days. Fine. It's not a problem. Thank you. Appreciation. So the basis of Kivra Ve'em being the foundation of the four First, Bein Adam Lamakom is Hakar Satoiv, is appreciation, and as as parents, the way we can show appreciation to each other, a, a husband and a wife, 
saying thank you, showing appreciation to each other, the, the children will learn appreciation, but we're so used to, the Rambam talks about um, addiction, very interesting. Addiction is not something brand new. He talks about addiction, um, the basis of addiction, actually 12 steps, 12 steps is actually based on, 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 this, on this Rambam, which is hard to believe that you have to go to 12 steps to the Goyim to listen to this. But the Rambam says in Perek Shishi, in Hilchas Tshuva, he says that there is a thing, you could do a very big sin or a sin over and over and over and over that you, you can't do tshuva because you're so used to it that it becomes an addiction. Addiction is never the first time. First time you have it, it's not an addiction. You do something over and over and over, it becomes an addiction. What happens when it becomes an addiction? Listen to this kaviyasha. Scary kaviyasha, but it's kaviyasha. She tells a story like this. And I believe very much that if you're, if you're a kafi taiv and you don't appreciate, and you don't appreciate, and you don't appreciate, it becomes part of you. You don't appreciate your husband, husband don't appreciate his wife, you don't appreciate your parents, then of course you're not going to appreciate Hashem. Somebody asked me, how come there's only one God? I said, because no one else wanted the job. <laughs> it's a miserable job. And when someone does well, someone does well, it's like, hey, I'm a good businessman, I'm smart, I got the job, I'm pretty, I'm this, I'm that, I'm that. When someone doesn't do well, Hashem, why are you doing this to me? Like when, so when something goes wrong, it's all Hashem's fault. When something goes right, it's your fault. You did it, right? It's a miserable job. So, so when a person continuously, continuously, continuously has no appreciation, of course you're not going to appreciate Hashem. You're not going to appreciate that, that you're in a bungalow colony and then after the shear, you could go to wherever you're going and you could sit in the sun and you could sit by the pool and there's never so many people sitting in hospitals and connected to tubes. What pool? What sun? What air? What nothing? What future? As many people as there are up here in bungalows, there's that many people in hospitals. Who appreciates when they go outside, right? So it's based on just a whole life of not appreciating anything. So if you don't appreciate your parents, you don't, you don't appreciate your life, then how could you be connected to a Kaddish Baruch Hu? So the whole Elul is, I kneel a daidi, a daidi li, is like, I love you, Hashem, I'm connected to you, Hashem. But it's also about... Meet my relationship with other people because if I don't have a relationship with other people and I don't, I don't, I'm not, I have no gratitude to anybody. How am I going to have a relationship with the Kurdish Baruch Hu? There's no way it's going to happen. So, Kibbutz of Aim, Hashem said, No, 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 no. It's not, it's not in the five things with human beings. It's me. It's going to affect me. So, what I think we should do in the next 30 days, work on Kibbutz of Aim and the Shulchan Aruch, which I'm learning with the girls, which is tough because it says you have to have that you have to have Kibbutz of Aim for your mother in law too. And your father-in-law also, and your older brother, it's getting tough. It's getting very tough on them, right? But, it, but it's, it's very clear over there. It's, it's crazy. It says that a woman, Shulchan Aruch says a mother comes and the, the, father, the, 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 the son is the head, the president, and the rub of a shul. And in front of the whole shul, he's giving a shear. The mother and father come and they rip his clothing and they spit in his face and they kick him, right? It says, you're not allowed to say one word. So Shulchan Aruch says, how could you not say one word? He says, Yira Hashem, because think of Hashem. Because the bottom line is, if you think of Hashem, then you'll, you, the fear of Hashem is like, they're my parents. It's, 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 and I know a lot of people have very dysfunctional parents. And of course, there's no mitzvah of being abused. If your parent is abusing you, get out. You can't answer them, you can't hit them, but you can, you can walk out. And I have girls that their mother calls them every Shabbos and just, just rips them to pieces. And, 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 and then the whole Shabbos, they're, they're, they're out of their minds. They can't handle it. The halacha is, Rabbi Dabba Kohen, everyone, Paskin, don't call. It's not kibbutz of aim not to call. No, it's not. You don't have to call. You can't answer back. You can't hit them. But you can walk out of the room. No one has to be abused. You come first. I know it's a big chiddush in everyone's mind. We're not going to talk about it today. But the Torah says you come first. If your mother and father's life is in danger, and your life is in danger, and you can only save one person's life, you have to save your life. If your parents' money is lost, and your money is lost, and you can only save one money, you have to save your money. You come first. That's the halacha. You come first. So if you're being abused, you can't answer back. Get up and walk out. If they rip up your clothing, you could take them to bed and they have to pay you what they ripped up. Can you answer them back? No. Can you hit them? No. Can you be fresh? No. You can walk out. You don't have to, you don't have to take it. But the mitzvah of the of aim, Hashem takes extremely seriously. And the Shulchan Aruch says, better to give miserable food 
with a smile than the best food with a sad face. So it's not only helping them, it's how you're helping them. It's a big mitzvah, and it's whether they're alive or they're not alive. It's forever, this mitzvah. It's a very big mitzvah. And Hashem says, You go to the doctor, you're like, what could I do? What vitamins? What do I need to take? I want to live longer. Exercise, diet, all this other stuff. Make yourself crazy. The Torah says, you want to live longer? Kibbut Avein with a smile. You'll live longer. Promise? That and and Shluch HaKan, which is very hard to understand because Shluch HaKan, you go make the mother bird leave. It takes one second. Kibbut Avein is a lifelong struggle. So the, the, the Chazal say, they want to show you that the easiest mitzvah, which is Shluch HaKan, and the hardest mitzvah, the hardest mitzvah of all 613 mitzvahs, is Kibbut Avein. That's what Chazal say. Not fasting on Yom Kippur. Nothing that you do is harder than Kibbut Avim. So they want to show you hardest and easiest. You don't understand. They both have the same rewards. You don't, don't try to figure out what the reward is. But a person who continuously is an ingrate and continuously doesn't appreciate, it becomes sort of an addiction. They become miserable and they are not able to appreciate anything that anyone does for them. Surely what Hashem does for them. So he brings down a miser in Perek Chafhei in the Kava Yasha about a kamtsin, a guy who couldn't give one dollar for tzedakah. But he had one mitzvah that he did, he was a mile. And he would do bris for free. He would not charge anyone for bris So one day, and people would come to the town and say, I need you, I need you to be a mile. He would go, a dollar, a penny? He said he didn't go to shul on Monday and Thursday, because Monday and Thursday the poor people came to shul. He was, he wouldn't give a penny. Anyway, one day a guy comes, tall, good-looking guy comes to him, and he says, are you the male that does Milo? He goes, yes. He says, I live far away from here, but my child needs a bris Milo in three days, would you come with me? Okay. Ishti Yoda ben Zachar, a bris Milo, fine. So, he goes home, he takes the, the knife, he gets on the wagon to go with this man who, who's going to take him to do brismila. He thought he was human. He thought the guy that came to have his son have a brismila was human, but he wasn't human. He was a shindalad. So this guy who came to the moil was not a human being. He was a Shindalid. It was a trap. Well, sort of a trap. Anyway, so, he thinks he's going to do a bris Mila. They both go in the wagon, and they come to a forest. This Mazik, this Shindalid, brought him to a land that no human being ever was in. It was, took him three days. He comes to the house. And there are 20 houses. 20 houses in this little village. But there were beautiful houses. And he saw that this man who was bringing him to do the bris meal was very, very rich. Furniture was amazing. He probably did the uh, interior decorating. It was amazing. The gorgeous house. Fish and meat. Okay. So the male says, I need to talk to the mother. I need to see the baby. What color? Is he yellow? Is he not yellow? So he says, okay, she's in this in this room. So he goes into the room that the pregnant the woman who gave birth was there. But he curious how you led this as a male. When she sees the male, she's very happy. And she says, come here, I got to tell you something. Shebali, my husband, who shade, umashchis. He's a shindalid. Va'ani, but I'm human. We learn from this story that a human woman with a shindalid man, the child needs a bris. This is, from this story we learn this halacha. Okay? Anyway, she says, I'm human. Kishitik Tana, when I was a little girl, lachu aisi ashadim, the shadim stole me. I'm lost. I'm here and I'm lost. But I want to warn you. To save your life, you're not allowed to take anything from them. If they give you to eat or food or money, 
if you take something from the other side, they will own you. You will never see the light of day again. Do not tell my husband I told you this because he'll kill me. Okay. It comes at night. I'm not going to go through the whole thing inside. It comes at night. Wachnacht. It's a true story. They invite him to the Wachnacht. He says, it was a long day. It was a hard travel. I don't feel well. I can't come. Okay, they didn't realize. Okay. Comes to the bris. He does the bris the next morning. He's a kid. Does the bris. Okay, come to the bris. I still don't feel good. So he didn't eat. He didn't drink. He didn't take anything. Okay, he says, listen, I did the bris meal. I want to go home. So the shindal, the shindal, it says, okay, before you go home, I want to show you three rooms in my warehouse. He's very scared. Where's this guy taking me? So he takes him to the first room. Kalim, Kalim, Shainim, there's gold and silver, Kalim. And he says to him, I'm, I'm, I don't give out money, but I'm very, very rich. I don't need your gold. I don't need your stuff. I don't need your gold, Kalim. Okay. Takes him to the second room. And it's full of jewels and rings. Because the Gemara says that Shadim collects things that people lose. Like when a boat goes to the bottom of the sea, they take that. Whatever people put away and they can't find, they have them. Okay? He said, take a ring. No, I don't want. Okay? Finally, he takes him to the third room. And he opens up the door. And the male's standing there. And he mamish feels faint. And he's turning white. I don't know if I should do this to you. The whole room was full of human heads. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. The room was full of keys. Keys. And he sees on the wall his keys. His keys to his bank, his lockbox, his everything. He's in shock. His keys are there. Like the, the keys in his house, to all his rooms, to all his warehouses. So the Shindalit asked the Mayo, Adoni, my master. I showed you gold, silver, diamonds, and jewels, and you weren't in shock. And here you're in shock? These are just metal keys. The Mile said back, This set of keys, I'm in shock, because they look exactly like my keys. So the Shindal said to him, You know, because you did this for me, you did this for Mila, um, and you traveled so far, you could take your keys back. He said, oh no. I'm not taking anything back. Because he knew he couldn't take anything. The Shindal said, no, don't worry. It's your keys we're giving you back. So it's not like we gave you anything. This is what happened. He gave him the Mavteichos. Today, so he says over here that when a person over and over and over does the same thing, the Shindalas, the other side, the dark side, the Yetzirah, takes away the key of choice. He owns your choice. And everybody in this room, what is that called? Addiction. When you can't say no. An addict, you put wine in front of him, he's going to drink it. Why? You're Bechira. Everyone has Bechira say no. He can't. Because he lost his keys. And at the end of the story, he takes his keys back. He comes home. His heart changes. He becomes a new person. He builds a base Knesses. He builds a yeshiva. He gives everyone, poor people, money. And he dies with a good name. So the Rambam says, So what do you do? We're not going to find Shindalits to give us our keys back. I hope not. So what do you do? What do you do if you continuously do the same? You're always jealous. You always talk Hashem Hara. You can't, as much as you try, you can't get out of it. Ramam says, what do you do? So in Hilchus Tshuva Perek Vav, the Ramam says, there's a skeleton, that's the wrong word, but there's a skeleton key. Like when you go to a hotel, 
and you leave your keys in the room, right? It's called a master key. When I was growing up, it was called a skeleton key. And for, I never know how that works, but the master key opens every single door, even though every, every door has a different lock. Who has the master key? Kodesh Baruch Hu. Says the Rambam, when you feel that there's something in your life that you just are addicted, you just can't change, tefillah. Daven to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, through tefillah, that he should give you back your keys. Whether it's Lashon Hara, whether it's Akar Satov, whatever it is, Daven to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that he should give you back your He has everybody's keys. So it's not, and I believe very much how I opened up, she was in depression. I don't want to get into her whole life. But she was depressive. And, 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 and many of the therapists said it was chemical de- depression. And she was born with depression. And, you know, I, whatever. I'm not going to get into whether what it is or it isn't. But the bottom line is that she worked and she worked. And she licked Shabbos candles. And she spoke to Hashem a lot. And he gave her back her keys. You see that the second time she wrote, she wrote that if you want to be amazing, you could be amazing. She didn't write that in the beginning. She said, it destroys you, it takes over you, you're done. Depression destroys you, it takes over you. But she worked, and she got her keys back. And then Hashem took her back, for whatever reason, I don't know. But he took her back, but she got her keys back. A person has a koyach. Even in, in, in such a situation, a person has a koyach to get those keys back that they gave up of continuously making, as the Rambam says, the same choice over, over, and over again. Okay, it's late. I want to, I want to end the power of tefillah, especially going into Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. An amazing, very short story about a woman. A little bit scary of a story, but uh, also Kabbalah Yosha Perik Yud. And I'll say it very fast. So, it talks about that when you make a su'uda, when you make a party, when you make a meal, also very important. You know, we're in, the, we're in the bungalows and you have these guys and they knock on your door when you're having a barbecue. And they go in the front door and they come in the side door and they're coming all day and women are coming, this one's coming and the tzedakah car comes and there's eight people and everyone's knocking on your door in your middle of eating because they know the only time they're going to get you is in the middle of eating because they can't go to the pool because nobody has their wallets in the pool, right? So it's a test. It's just a test. You're eating. And she's like, okay, they're eating. Now these people are coming for the tzedakah. Now I can't answer the door. We're in the middle of a barbecue. Is the wrong answer. It's very much the wrong answer. And if the person does that, the satan, it's an opening for the satan to say that look at these people. This happened by Avram Avinu, by the way. By Avram Avinu, the whole thing of the Akeda, it says, is because Avram Avinu's party that he made for Yitzchak when he was Ihigamel, he didn't invite poor people. He had Malkitzed, he had all the big people, he didn't invite poor people. And because he didn't invite poor people, he said that, look, Yitzchak's more important than, Yitzchak, this child is more important than poor people. So Hashem had to say, really, you think he's more important than poor people? I'll show you, he's even willing to bring him as a carbon. Because poor people who eat at your meal, or you feed, is considered like bringing a carbon. You make a wedding, and not tell, pay, pay the people outside, don't let them in, but the poor people that are eating at your wedding or at your bar mitzvah, is like you're bringing a carbon Toda thanking Hashem. If you don't let them in, it's like you didn't bring a carbon. So the Satan said, Avram didn't bring a carbon. He made this big party, didn't bring a carbon. So Hashem answered, I'm going to make him bring his son as a carbon. Very careful in this Indian. So here's the story. It talks about a woman, right, that she, uh, it's a Medrash Tanchuma, it's a Medrash, that there was a very rich man, and he had a beautiful one daughter, Tznu of Echamura, and she got married three times, and every time she got married, the morning after the chuppah, the, of the, 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 the chasm was dead. So she lost three husbands in a row. And the Gemara says, a person who loses three husbands in a row shouldn't get married again. So that's it. She never had children, nothing. She lost three husbands. Mama, she, the morning after the marriage. Okay? Now this man, the father of this girl, had a, had a nephew. And this nephew came to this rich man's house and he fell in love with this girl. And he wanted to marry her. There's no way he's going to let his nephew die. There's no way he's going to let her marry her. But they saw that he really wanted to. He said, I want your daughter the Almana. When he heard this, he started to cry. He said, Albany, no. They all died the first night. 
If you want to marry her because you want my money, I'll give you all my money. You don't have to marry her. No. Nope. He said, I want to marry her. Okay. So they told, he told his daughter the story. She began to cry. And she said, If I marry him and someone has to die, I should die. It's a crazy story. Okay, what happens? Okay, he gets married. And they're sitting by the wedding. And this old man comes, Elio Anavi actually, and he says to the chassan, listen to me, listen to me. When you're going to be sitting at the wedding, at the meal, there's going to, a poor man's going to walk in so smelly, so dirty, so filthy. Don't turn him away. Whatever you do, don't turn him away. That's all he told him. Okay? He makes the meal. Balayla Rishayna. Hachasen sitting at the head table. This poor man comes. If you take a shirah, he sees this poor, smelly man. He's the chasen table. He's sitting right at the head of the table. He gets up. And doesn't give him to eat. He gives him his seat. He puts him in his seat. And he did everything. He didn't know it was Elianavi. That the old man told him he did everything he told him to do. Okay, Lacha Mishta after the meal. So now the chassan is going to his room. Right? Gonna get dressed, they're gonna go home to their apartment. The poor man that looked filthy follows him into the room and he says, Bani, my child, I am a shliach of God. I am the Mahamaves, and I'm here to take your soul. The Hassan says to the Mahamaves, Tell give me a year to be with her. Give me a half a year to be with her. Mahamaves said, No can do. Give me 30 days. Can't do. Give me. My, the seven days, Sheva Brachas, no can do. I don't have permission to do any Chesed with you. It's now your time. Let's go. I'm taking your, I'm taking your soul. The Chassan said to him, give me permission, that I get permission to leave from my wife and from my uncle. Okay. I'm going to listen to this. This is a true story. He said, I'm going to let you go tell her that you're going to die because you didn't just do chesed, you put me in that chair. So you did extra chesed. Go tell her and get back here. He goes to the college getting dressed to leave. She's crying. She's davening. And he tells her that, that, why am I here? He says, to, to get permission because it's over. My life is over. And Macham Elvis is waiting for me in my room. On the lie, she says to him, it's a beautiful story. You don't leave the room. You sit here. I'm going to go to the Macham Elvis. I'll talk to you. Yeah, women don't mess. Right? <laughs> She's going to talk to the Malcham Aves, right? Wait, listen to what she tells him. She comes to the room, she finds the Malcham Aves. She says to the Malach, you're the messenger? You came to take my husband's soul? I'm not scared of you. Yes. She says to him, well, how could you do that? It says in the Torah, that when a man gets married to a new woman, he's not allowed to go out to war. Right? The first year, he's not allowed to go out to war. You have to protect him. He has to be home for a year. In his mitzvah, the first year, he has to make her happy. Is God's Torah true? So how could God take my husband now when he's supposed to be here for the first year? Actually, we talk as Nishmas Bali, 
And if you take my husband's soul, the whole Torah is fake. You go up and tell that to God. It's a true story. Okay? She says to the Satan, if you listen to me, to the Lachamavas, good. If not, come with me, she says, you come with me, Tashem, and we'll, 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 we'll talk this out. You're not going anywhere with me. He was very smart because once she would go with him, she would die. And she would save her husband. He knew exactly what she was trying to do. I'll go with you, and then I'll stay there, and then he could live. That's a wife. That's a wife. After one day, they just got married. That's a wife. Okay. Shama hamalach. The malach heard what she said. No, no, no. Because your husband was so good to me, I will go to Akash Baruch I will tell him what you said. And he went to Hashem. In the blink of an eye, Baba Simcha, he came back, the Malcha Mavas, happy. And Hashem said, because of the chesed that he did, that he put him in his chair. He didn't just give him to eat, but he put him in his chair. The mother, the, the uncle, and, and his wife were standing outside the cheder because they thought in the morning he won't be alive anymore. He heard them talking. They went inside. All this happened because of the chesed that the chassan did with the ani. The smile when the person comes during your barbecue. The sit down, have a piece of steak. Have a drink, have something to eat. The extra. Not just a dollar, but the extra. She had a vikuach with Hashem. And one. Now you can ask me, what about the other three? Why didn't she say the same thing? Because she wasn't called into the room. She never had a chance to taina. She had nothing, she had no taina. She didn't talk to the machamavas. Here she had a chance. to A woman had the power of saving her husband... Because first of all, she knew how to learn. Because she knew the Pasuk and the Torah. She knew how to learn. But the main, pro, the main thing the Kabbalah Yosha says is because of that extra chesed. And that is very important in the summer. Because yes, they do knock on the door at the wrong times. And to give it with a smile and to go the extra mile, who knows how many people's lives that can save. That is Elul. A relationship with a Kurdish Baruch Hu so that when it comes to Rosh Hashanah Kippur, I go into his courtroom. In his courtroom, everything is going to be okay. It's also the way you treat other people is more important to a Kurdish Baruch Hu than how you treat him because they are his children. And an unbelievable thing to take on for the next 30 days is to be very makbid, to do kibbutz of aim with a smile and to do it with open arms. And as hard as it is sometimes to do, it is the mitzvah that is the foundation of our relationship with God. May we all have a ksiva and a good gebenshja. Thank you. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.